Welcome to So What Else. My name is Caitlin Elliott and I love talking to people. I love hearing people's stories, the big important things they've been through, and also the random stuff. We're going to talk about it all here. This podcast is just me talking with fascinating people so that we can all hear what they have to share with the world. So what else? Today on the podcast, we have one of my really good friends, Amanda. I was super honored when she agreed to talk to me for the podcast. She was so open and vulnerable and just amazing agreeing to share her story with us. Um, She actually talks about some struggles she's gone through in her marriage with infidelity. And it's just an incredible story. I know it's going to impact you guys and you're just really going to love this conversation. So stay tuned. Hi, welcome to this episode of So What Else. I'm here with my friend, Amanda. Amanda, say hi to everybody. Hi, everyone. Amanda, we've been friends for how many years? Oh my goodness. A zillion. A zillion. I was in college. You were right out of college, I think. You like had your first year of teaching or something and I was in college. And now like our wildest dreams have come true and we're basically related. Who would have thought Who we could would have thought we tell everybody <laughs> we we're really, really well. <laughs> it's like, so basically my sister's husband's sister's husband is your brother. Did yeah. I say that right? Yeah. You got it. How did you do that so quickly? I could, I could never. So, yeah. I mean, when that happened, we were like, oh my gosh, like at the wedding, we were like, this is the best. Like we're finally sisters. <laughs> I think I, I think at your sister's wedding, I went up to your dad and I was like, dad (laughs) and now we're finally related we've been wanting this forever because with you and I it was literally love at first sight do you feel that way it was we connected immediately I remember we were at like I don't know bible study or something for church and you were there and you I don't remember I wish I could remember what you said but I actually remember you were wearing a yellow shirt which is so creepy but I was like (laughs) who is this girl like I've never seen her before and you were like sarcastically talking about something and it was like I forget it was something about teaching and you're like whatever like grading really isn't my spiritual gift and I was like she is so funny I want to be her best friend so then I just made myself be your best friend <laughs> we, we are I think our sassiness like really connected each other to each absolutely other. and then we were youth leaders together and we went on that fateful missions trip to the Navajo Nation in Arizona. And like, honestly, I just wanna send out an apology to all of the students that were on that trip because I don't wanna speak for you, but I was a terrible leader on that trip. I mean, we were called out by them being on our phones too much. (laughs) It was like, we're on this missions trip. You and I are the leaders. So we're supposed to be like setting an example. And it was horrible. I mean, the conditions were hell. It wasn't even a porta potty. It was like a hole in the ground. Yeah. And it was 50 yards from where we were sleeping. So if you had to pee at night and they were like, oh, be careful. There's like deadly scorpions. And you and I were like, oh, heck no. Like I know there were no showers. The Lord did not make us for this trip. No, we were not. No, we were, we we weren't built for this. I had no idea it was going to be that. that We were like, wait, like, where do we blow dry our hair? (laughs) mirror like is this a joke I was I was not a good leader I was miserable you were kind of miserable well you you had like met Scott like the week before so you were like in la la land and I was encouraging it and being like this is much more important than absolutely and you're like God would understand because if this man is going to be your husband which he turned out to be but you're like if this man is going to be your husband you need to text him and so like hello we're on like Navajo Nation in Arizona we had like no service so you and I would be like running around trying to get service I know and the kids weren't allowed to use their phones and then they would call us out they were mad at us they'd be like why are you on your phone and I was like can you shut up I'm a leader (laughs) and I'm trying to find a husband and I'm like hello everyone priorities okay it's fine just stay in your place yeah oh my gosh yeah we weren't our best um, I feel like we really learned that that was where we were called. <laughs> that was not our spiritual gift. No. Being where there's like no electricity, no bathroom, no yeah. running water. That was just really like not me at my prime. No, no. And we were younger to give us we some grace. Young. Yeah, right? true. We yeah. were immature. We were just yeah. like, 
Yikes. So, you know, whatever. Not our finest moment, but we really did bond. We really we for sure bonded bond. on that trip. We've, yeah, we, I mean, we still laugh about it today. So yeah. I wouldn't really trade it because, no. hey, it was a great time. Yeah. And so when we were on- That uses all things, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. When we were on that trip, you were already dating your husband, Rob, for mm -hmm. a while. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's all these years kind of blend in, but probably like a year. I feel like it was like a year because I remember we were talking and you were like, what if when Rob picks me up at the airport, he like proposes? I really wouldn't want him to do that because like I'm a mess. Like I haven't showered in seven days. Like that would be like horrible. I hope he doesn't do that. And we were like, he wouldn't be that stupid. He's not going to do that. Yeah, um, and, he, and didn't. he didn't. But he then did. he he did like not that long after, like a few months, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we went to, when we went the summer, and then Rob and I uh, got engaged in I think May. So oh, okay, so not yeah. that long after. Yeah. yeah. So you guys were dating, and then I shortly after started dating my husband Scott, and he lived in Colorado at the time. So we were like long distance dating, and he came out to visit me here mm -hmm. in New Jersey. And I, we weren't like officially dating yet. And so I wanted to make sure that you and Rob got to meet him to like, tell me what you thought. And yeah. so remember, you were the first friends that I introduced Scott to. Oh, so really? yeah. And so remember, you guys like came to my house and then we all went to Hoboken on a double date. And we had a great time. We did. I knew right away. that I remember you were like, this is good. Like, I remember like making eye contact with you and you were like, this is good. Go for this. Yeah. You were like, yeah. just continue on. This is good. Yeah. yeah. And I well, remember that night. A older, right. So yeah, that was so the was that he was older. Yes. Like he was like, perfect. Totally. I wanted your opinion on that. Like, I'm like, oh, he's like seven years older than me. Like, what do you think? Like, you know, like whatever. And you were like, he's awesome. Go with it, girl. Go for it. Yeah. I remember we were calling Rob like the mayor of Hoboken that night because he like knew all of this random information about Hoboken. He was like, yeah, yeah if you look over here like this in 1970, blah, and we were like, are you the mayor? Like, what is the situation here? Like, how do you know all of this random information? Yeah, he's but, good at like directions and like- Oh, he knows everything. It. He like knows everyone. He's like, I knew the guy that owned this place. I'm like, how? Yeah, yeah. That's, Just, that describes Rob well. <laughs> a well-connected man and then there was your wedding I remember Scott and I were there at your wedding and then a few months after your wedding we got engaged you were one of the first calls I made I remember I called you that night and I was like Amanda it was really late and you were like what and I was like I'm engaged and you were like I knew it <laughs> well I mean you were I think you lived in Colorado right yeah so I lived in Colorado I'm calling you late in the middle of the night so I mean she were, were like she's either so dead yeah. yeah she's either calling me to say that she is dead and she loves me yeah. well not that yeah. I could call you from the dead but you know <laughs> or she's engaged and yeah. so when I sounded happy you knew that I was engaged yeah and then I think you went shopping with me for my wedding shoes do you remember that no I remember maybe. being at like D no we went to DSW and pay less though and we like tried on like a million shoes we didn't buy we any class, but classy ladies super are. class very high end. Hello, pay less. Yeah. I was like, wedding yeah. shoes, obviously pay less, which I yeah. actually think I ended up getting my wedding shoes at DSW. So, well, that's actually a funny story. Where the place I got my wedding dress, loved it, loved it great. But you know when you're there and you're trying on your wedding dress and then they're like, but you got to get this veil and you got to get yeah. these shoes. And all of a sudden they've talked you into like $1,000 worth of accessories and you yeah. feel in that moment like, this is legitimate. I should do this. Yeah. And then you walk out and you have a panic attack. Yeah. So when yeah. I was there trying on my dress for my first fitting, they brought out this pair of shoes, put them on me. It like fit like a glove. They were gorgeous, amazing. Like everybody in the whole place is like, those are to die for, but whatever. I bought them. They were like $500. <laughs> and like the moment I walked out, I looked at my mom and I was like, what? Oops. Yeah, like I was like, I didn't mean to do that. Like I got totally swept up in the moment. I called back. I was like mortified. And I was like, I have to, like, I can't keep those. I can't yeah. get those shoes. Then I got yeah. shoes at DSW for $39.99. So yeah. it all worked out. We totally. survived it. Yeah. And when when have you ever even worn them again, right? Exactly. Could you imagine if I had kept, I mean, look, hey, whoa, if you're listening to this and you spent $500 on your wedding shoes, all power to you. That is totally fine. We don't judge. I just no, don't have that kind of money. No. That's okay. No. And like, 
you know, to each their own because you, we, I'm sure we've made some horrifying purchases. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely. That weren't worth it. Right. A hundred percent. So you know what, whatever you live and you learn, it's fine. So, okay. Tell us what happened in 2015. You were married to your husband, Rob, living, you're a teacher. Yeah, just probably very um, like normal things. We had been married, I think like almost three years and we were like thinking about starting a family. You know, I had been teaching probably at that point like seven years. So, you know, like it's funny, like I, I feel like all teachers are like this, but I'm very type A. So like I have my plan for my life, like this is when I'm going to get married, you know, and this is when I'm going to have babies. And, you know, I just like things to be the way that I think they should be. Mm -hmm. And I also like usually make pretty good choices in life to make my dreams come true, to make yeah. my plans come true. Um, I've always like been a rule follower and, you know, done what kind of like society expected of me mm -hmm. to do to, to get to my goals. Um, so, you know, in 2015, you know, up to that point, I feel like my life had been like on easy street in a way, like, mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of my relationship with Rob, I really like thought I was like living a fairy tale. Like we had a really good relationship, like, you know, people like we just were, um, we're kind of very sassy people, Rob and I. And so like, you know, we have a good banter that goes on and like we get along, like our personalities just like really get along. Like, you know, to this day, like I feel really blessed to have him as a husband just because like we're, our personalities like match and like mm -hmm. we, we laugh a lot and we have like a really um, fun time usually, you know, it's like your best bud. Totally. So, and I always felt that way with Rob and- You guys um, had an instant connection. I mean, yeah. I remember, I remember seeing you after your first date, you guys went out to dinner and then I saw you right after your first date and you were like, I really like him. And he yeah. obviously really liked you. And it was just like instant with you guys. Yeah. It was like, I, I like knew mm -hmm. from like, had, like just having dated previous guys, like that the feeling I had with him was like completely different. And it wasn't like, oh, he's the one. It was just like, I feel safe. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we, we get along really well. Like he loves the Lord. Like there was, it was just like, this makes sense, you know? Um, so, and he was like, he, I don't know. I want to say like a cool Christian. I had dated some kind of like lame Christians. Um, but like, he was just like, he had like a little edge to him that I was like really attracted to. Cause you know, totally. he wasn't like cookie cutter mm -hmm. Christian boy. Um, and he was know. like sarcastic and yeah. stylish and, you know, like, cool. Yeah. Cool. It would be a good way to describe it. So I, you know, was, was drawn to that, I think, um, you know, which bit me in the butt a little bit, but <laughs> the edge thing. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an attractive quality to me. Um, so yeah, so I thought, I thought life was really good, um, that we were moving in the right direction. I do feel like at the time, you know, when you're in it, you don't really realize, but like we had kind of like slipped away from God and in, in terms of just like, you know, he was part of our lives, but he wasn't like the whole thing. Like he was like, we would go to work, um, church on Sundays. I was leading, um, Sunday school. Rob was like lead on the worship team. And like, we were, you know, sometimes like leading our college and career group. Like we had like, you know, we were doing those things, but like they were just parts of our day. And like, it wasn't like, Christ wasn't the center mm -hmm. of our life, um, you know, and at the time it just like, it just seemed like it was okay, you know, um, not that we were, I don't want to say getting away with it, but it just felt like life was kind of getting like, yeah, you were just fine. You were rolling. Yeah. Everything was we good. Were rolling is a good way yeah. to explain it. Yeah. Um, so then in 2015, I, I got this like weird feeling on the way home. And like, I, at the time was like, doing like minimal devotions and they weren't like, you know, it wasn't just like, it wasn't what it should have been. Like, it wasn't like I was like eager to spend time with the Lord. It was just mm -hmm. like, you know, check off the box of the day mm -hmm. kind of thing. And, 
um, I, I got this like strong inclination from the Lord, like to go home, something about like Rob's being unfaithful to you. And I was like, what? like that is the weirdest feeling because I had never had that thought in my head before in my whole right. life. Um, I would have like given you a million dollars and said, Rob's not capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. So I went um, home, you know, and, you know, Rob's working. He worked from home at the time. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, that was just a silly feeling. Mm -hmm. And then later on that night, I was like on his phone because I'm just like a nosy person. Mm -hmm. And like, he had never hidden it from me. Like he never was like, you can't touch my phone. Right. Um, and I just, you know, would pick it up because like, I'm just that person who's like, if I'm in your house, I'm like looking through your stuff. Cause I'm totally. just curious about totally. life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so too. I was in Rob's phone. Like I always was. And I saw like this weird, he had like a separate email address and like was, um, like emailing girls and like weird, just weird things. And, um, it turned out like later on that, um, like there, you know, there was a lot of time that went between where he was like, kind of, kind of lying about what he was doing and turned out there was some, some porn pornography addiction in there. And, you know, he had like found girls to reach out to, mm -hmm. um, that eventually led to some unfaithfulness mm -hmm. on his end. Um, and it was just like a lot. So mm -hmm. God was like, so gracious to me at the time, because like, um, like he would just like put on my heart, like, Nope, this isn't all like there was more, like there was mm -hmm. lies about money and lies about other things. And so I, you know, I think it took like about a week for me to get, get the whole picture of what was happening. And it was like, he had been like living a double life. It felt like, and so you know, my world kind of just like crashed and I like immediately left the house. I took my dog and, or our dog mm -hmm. and I left and I was like, you know, my, my life is a sham basically mm -hmm. is what I kind of thought. And I, yeah. So, um, I guess within that, um, time, you know, we weren't, I like we separated um, okay. in New Jersey. You don't really have like a legal separation. It was just like you separate we're just living separately. Yeah. And we separated everything like our finances mm -hmm. and like there was, I didn't want to talk to him at all. Yeah. I didn't want to have any communication. Like we had to like talk like logistically about stuff, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like um, it was, there wasn't any like, like hopefulness in what was going to happen because mm -hmm. I was at the time I was just like, this is over. Like, mm -hmm. I think when you've been betrayed like so much and you, like I had, I felt like the rug had been like pulled under me because it was yeah. so surprising. So when um, you found out, so you, you know, you found out, okay, there's been some unfaithfulness, there's been lying, finance, like whatever, all this stuff you leave, you're not staying with him. Was your initial thought like, okay, like we're getting a divorce. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I was pretty certain at that point because it, we, I mean, we had been married for three years and I was like, you know, if this is coming out now, right. you know, at least like we don't have kids and, you know, might as well just like, this is done. Yeah. Um, How did people around you respond? Like, do you feel like, like your friends and family and whatever were like, leave him or, you know, what, what were like, what was the advice that you were getting at the time? You know, it, it was funny because most of it was leave him like, you know, uh, even, even pastors and, you know, marriage counselors were like, you know, you basically would just give me statistics of like, um, mm -hmm. pornography addiction and, um, you know, uh, just basically were looking out for me and like, um, they didn't want me to get hurt anymore. And I was a disaster. Yeah. Like I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping. I was like a mess. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of people just like wanted to see me healing. And so they were like, this is, this is over. This is done. Um, just end it. And then like, you know, a couple of people, you know, you being one of them was just like, be open, like to what God, mm -hmm. God is telling you and what God is like showing you. And like, you'll be fine. Like that, it, it's, doesn't necessarily mean divorce. It doesn't necessarily mean not divorce. Mm -hmm. um, 
but yeah, I'd say the majority of people with like, and with good hearts were saying, totally. protect yourself. This is, this is really bad. Get out. Yeah. And I remember even us having a conversation where we were like, you know what? Thank God you don't have kids. Like, mm -hmm. thank God you didn't own a house. Like, mm -hmm. if you decide to get divorced, it'll be, you know, an easier break mm -hmm. in that sense, you know? And so it's like, I, yeah, I do think that everyone around you is probably just kind of like, we love her. We don't want her to be hurt anymore. So let's just tell her to run for the hills. You know what yeah. I mean? So you obviously initially were like, okay, this is over. This is going to be done. What? Mm -hmm kind of, I don't even know how to phrase the question. What stopped you from seeking a divorce immediately? Or what kind of led you to the, to, this, to the decision to just sort of like, let's just be separated for a little while and see, you know, give me a minute to let the dust settle. Yeah. So I like, when this all happened, I like the only thing, like I said, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. The only thing that made me feel better was like spending time with the Lord and like reading my Bible and like, you know, it's so true that God is near the brokenhearted, you know? So I was brokenhearted and like, I felt his presence like so much. And I feel like he was just, he was just speaking words of comfort and peace over me. Um, and then at times he was speaking like just a lot of truth to me mm -hmm. through different medias. Like one thing I had gone to church and the sermon was, um, it's funny. It was like only like a snippet of the sermon, but all I heard was the, it was the parable of the fig tree, mm -hmm. which is in Luke. And it's about how, um, you know, there's this fig tree growing or not growing rather. And the owner wants to cut it down. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, I think it says somewhere in there, like it had been growing, it had been trying to grow for three years, mm -hmm. and which is how long Rob and I had been married. So right. I was like, whoa, like mm -hmm. this reminds me of it. And so, um, the vineyard owner says like, no, like give it a year, like fertilize it, see what happens. And, um, if you still within a year, if it doesn't grow and like you can cut it down. Um, but in the end of the year, like, we'll like, if it does grow, then we'll see, you know, basically just like, not like, uh, like a definitive answer, just like, right we'll see. Give it a minute. Um, yeah. Yeah. Give it a minute. And so I, I kind of just like immediately like hung on to that as like my word from the Lord that said, like, give it a year, you know, mm -hmm. like in a year, like Rob's doing his own thing. He's growing mm -hmm. in the Lord. Um, you know, he's seeking out help with his areas that he needed help with. And if, um, within that year, if he, uh, you know, really made some changes, then we'll see, you yeah. know, and at the point I wanted to get a divorce. So it was like, it wasn't like you have to stay with him then. Right. So I like that part about it too. Mm -hmm. Cause I was just like, I still have the choice. Like yeah. if it grows, I still have the choice to divorce him. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like it was such a kindness of the Lord to be like, give it a year before yeah. you make any kind of decision, mm -hmm. give it a year. And I just felt like it, that was him saying that. And like, I am so grateful for that because for a couple of reasons, one, it was like, I can give it a year, you know, like mm -hmm. I can, I can do a year of this awfulness. Like, yeah. um, and I think there's like a statistic that says like 80% of people who get divorced, like immediately after a crisis regret it. Mm -hmm. So in it, like you're feeling like you want, um, you're embarrassed, you're, yeah. um, you're hurt, you're betrayed. You're also like, there's like, like, I don't deserve this yeah. kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And so like, I feel like the human reaction is to be like, like I'm done. Yeah. Like this is, you know, I'm not doing this again. Um, and so I, um, yeah, so I just really felt like it was God being like, give it a year. Give and then, a year. You know, yeah. Which I think uh, that, I mean, and I know I speak for the masses here, everyone, like I thought that is so wise and strong of her, right? Like just the fact that you were willing to live in limbo for a year, like I don't like being in the in-betweens yeah. of life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I want to be like, this is what we're doing mm -hmm. or this is what we're doing and mm -hmm. let's move forward. Like that's my personality, yeah. you know? Me too. Yeah. And so totally. And so for you to decide like, you know what? I feel like this is the right thing for me to step into a year of the in-between. 
to not yeah. knowing, right? I'm going to live for a year and not know if I'm getting a divorce, not know if I'm getting back together. You and Rob are living separately. You got an apartment with a roommate, like yeah. for a year and yeah. you lived in the in-between and I was in awe of you. Like I, I genuinely remember being like, she's miraculous. Like I would be falling apart and you were like, I'm going to do this. Like I have an apartment. I'm going to do this for a year and like, we're going to see what happens. Yeah. I, I mean, it was, it was God's grace on me because like, I, because like I said, I am a type A person, so I don't like the in-between, like you said. And like, because like God, I don't feel like a lot of times gives us timetables. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's in his timing, you know, and like his timing is mysterious. And like, yep. I hate that, you know, I like, you, yep. you know, like, it, like if he could tell me like, you know, three years, you know, whatever it was like time. I don't feel like that's something that God reveals to a lot of people a lot of times. Yeah. And so I feel like that was just such a gift from him. Like mm -hmm. to say, like, it's a year, you yep. know, like it's a year, like I can do a year. Yeah. Um, and, and it put like an endpoint like on it. Yeah. Um, you know, that where, where it didn't feel like it was forever. The in-between would be forever. It was right. a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it, it was definitely God because it's not in my personality to do that. And like, right. you know, I, we had thought about having a baby. And so like, you know, yeah. I was like 27 and so yeah. I was like, time is ticking and right. like, you know, it just like to give it a year and then we'll see, like, what if I, yeah. then I have to meet someone and like, you know, you yeah. know, get married again, like all that time. So like, it's like that year was like a real step of faith to be like, Absolutely. Because that's normal, right? Like if you're a girl, 27, you've been married for three years and you're thinking like, we're gonna have a baby now. And then this happens, your world crashes down for you to say, I'm going to put everything on hold for a year. That's huge. Because yeah, exactly yeah. like what you said, you're probably thinking like, look, if we're going to get divorced, then that means we're delaying the divorce a year. And then by the time I like heal from that, and then I meet mm -hmm. someone else, and then I get mm -hmm. married, and then I have a baby, like by then I'm going to be older. And but like, yeah. there's so mm -hmm. many things. But the fact yeah. that you were able to put all of that aside and say, okay, God, like, I feel like this is what you're telling me. I'm just yeah. going to trust you with this. Yeah. And then sometime in that year, you guys went to counseling together. Yeah. God told me that was another, like, there was like very clear things from God at that point. Um, and that was another thing where it was like, um, I had listened to a sermon and it was like you, something about like, you have to go back to your mess to get your miracle or something like mm -hmm. that. And I, so I kind of like really held on to that being like, I can't get a miracle, whatever that looks like, you know, right. whether it's a redeemed marriage or a, um, like a, a healed divorce where I'm whole, mm -hmm. um, without returning to the mess. So basically like I needed closure. I needed to like deal with this. Yeah. You know, I can't just like cut it off. And cause I, then even if I did get divorced and met someone else, like I wouldn't be, you know, healed from it. So, um, I like really felt like Lord, the Lord was telling me to go to counseling, but it was like, I really thought it was like for closure. So mm -hmm. it was like, I'm going to counseling, but I'm going to do it so that you know, I like, am healing through this and I am, you know, not a disaster on the yeah. other end. Now through this whole time, we forgot to mention, Rob has made it clear he wants to reconcile. Oh yeah. Like I he, mean, it's not like he was like, yeah, I never wanted to be married anyway. Peace. Like he was like full of remorse. Oh, yeah. Like he didn't want, I mean, his world came crashing down. Like yeah. he lost everything. Like you know, all his friends, his family, his dog, like he, you know, he, you know, and like, he was happy in our marriage. Like, it wasn't like he, like, I would, like, we were miserable right. and he was like, Oh good. You know, this is over. He, right. you know, he just got, he, he, like, he fell into, you know, something that he never thought he would. And it took him to a place that he never thought he'd be. So, um, you know, yeah. yeah. So, okay. So then you guys decide to go to counseling. You're going for closure. He's not obviously. So yeah. you guys are like, all right. And I remember you saying like, yeah, like, look, we're going to go to couples counseling, whatever, you know, like I'm going to do my best to show up mm -hmm. and be honest, but yeah, I'm likely going to get closure out of this. Yeah. My marriage counselor was like a big bully. Sometimes he'd be like, are you 
Are you like on, like if we're on a field, are you playing in the game or are you on the benches? And I was like, <laughs> like, you're lucky. I'm like, right. You're lucky. I came down. here. <laughs> oh my God. He would like, he was, I mean, he was amazing. I couldn't say enough good things about him, but like he, he definitely like pushed me to like do things I didn't want to do. He had like, I mean, obviously had, it's his job. Like he, right. he wanted to put us back together. Um, and he believed in us and he believed in um, Rob and stuff. So, um, yeah. He, so slowly throughout the time of counseling mm-hmm. at the beginning, you were kind of like, yeah, I'm not in this. Like, you know, like I'm just showing up to show up mm-hmm. and now everybody leave me alone. And then slowly you started like opening up a little more in counseling. And how did that shift kind of happen? Yeah, it was like, God was, well, yeah. So God just started softening my heart towards things. Like it would be like, our counselor would be like, um, yeah. So I think like you guys should like share what you're learning from your devotions to each other, like weekly or something like that. And I was like, I am never doing that. And mm-hmm. then like, I find myself three weeks later doing it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it was just like a, it was a very slow, like yeah. very slow, like process of God softening my heart towards him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and I was just doing a lot of praying and a lot of people were praying that like, um, that like, I wouldn't be fooled. Right. So Rob was doing like a lot of like awesome things and like, um, like his heart, I could see a lot of change in him, but I also didn't want to be a fool where like it was short-term change, not long-term. And, um, you know, I, we prayed a lot that like, he wouldn't be a wolf in sheep's clothing and fool me again. Like he had the first time, Mm -hmm. um, you know, cause Rob is charming. Like he knows what to say. So yeah, yeah. Um, we had, you know, that was a big prayer of, of ours. Yeah. So, okay. You, your heart slowly started to soften. And then your counselor said, you guys should like go out on a date. Oh yeah. Tell me so about the Starbucks date. Um, yeah. He was like, just meet for coffee. And I was like, I'm never doing that. And then yeah. I did. Um, so but like, it was God, it was God, like softening my heart. And I, you know, like our counselor was like very wild. Like, I mean, this was like eight months after this happened. So it was very slow. Yeah. And so we met for coffee and I had, I probably, my body, like, I think I like sat with my arms crossed, yeah. I was, you know, yeah. he was like, Hey, how are you? And I was like, hi, like very, like not, not. how do you think I'm doing? Yeah. Um, and then as we're sitting there in Starbucks, the song Good Good Father came on, which is like mm-hmm. so weird for it to play in it's Starbucks. so Christian-y. Yeah. It's so Christian. It's a yeah. very Christian song. And very. like Starbucks isn't known for playing Christian music. Right. And like, it was just like a song that had really been speaking to me because, um, you know, at the, at like, you, when you're going through something like that, like you need a father, like you yeah. need like like a good good father who's going to walk through this journey with you and like you know uh give you comfort and peace when when it's the hardest thing you've ever done and gone through yeah so like that was just a song that I kind of like clung to yeah and so for it to be playing there like it was just like God saying I'm here with you like this is hard like I know I know like but like you're my daughter like yeah it was just really cool and like as soon as soon as that I heard that it was like it like like I was softened too like it was yeah. just like God's here like what do I I have nothing to fear mm-hmm. this is like it's God's with me he's got me yeah, I'm fine yeah I mean that is like that gave me chills like yeah. when I heard that you know what I mean just the fact that like not only had like is this like a nice song not only is it a song that you were clinging to but the message of the song, right? Is that God is a good father. He cares for his children. He sees them. He's with them, you know, and you were in the absolute darkest time of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute darkest time of your life. And you were going out on a limb, like, fine, I'll meet him at Starbucks. And then like that, that's playing. It's just like, that's so, and like, you know me, I don't like, I like, I don't like to be so like spiritual talky, like, cause I feel like I like, sound corny but it's like to me that is like so such a god thing you know what i mean like for you to be sitting there it no like for you to sit there in that moment and hear that song it was and it's not like it was even like god giving you this clear message like and now you're getting remarried tomorrow or now you're getting divorced tomorrow 
just him saying like, Amanda, I have you. Yep. Like I'm yeah. here. I'm going to protect you, you yeah. know? And yeah. like, I mean, I have chills right now. Like my eyes are getting hot. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah. it's so like, that's just like. Yeah. So and I feel like that's, that's kind of what God does, right? Like yeah. he doesn't like overwhelm us with like, I mean, sometimes he does, but like, usually it's like, you know, if I would have loved like day two of this crisis for God to be like, this is how it's going to work out. And yep. like, your life's going to be okay. Like, yep. you know, whatever. Um, and, but like, it would, it was the way he spoke to me and like the difference, the different ways and different times that I needed him to like, yeah. just like were the perfect timing, what I needed, not yeah. in, not only in that moment, but just to like in life, what, what I learned about who God was and yeah. like, you know, all of it, like kind of just teaching me mm -hmm. like, like, like God's character and yeah. how much he loves me. And, you know, that's irreplaceable in life, you know? Totally. So spoiler alert, you guys reconcile. We did. So how, how did you get to that point? Right. So it's like, you slowly start dating. How did you get to the point where you're like, okay, like we are going to renew our vows, move back in together. We're going to be married. Um, so, so I had said a year and then it wound up being longer. So it was interesting. Cause it was like, you know, I kind of like had hoped for like, like, I mean, gosh, I played, prayed for clarity, like every oh, day, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like, like I had wanted God to just like, literally I wanted to hear his voice. And at one point I had said like, unless God speaks to me in a burning bush, I am not getting back together with this man. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I said that, you know, and like yeah. God never spoke to me through that burning bush that I had prayed for. And I never right. like audibly heard him say like get back mm -hmm. together with, with him it was just like you know what rob was doing in his yeah. life and like what like how how he wanted to use this and like the change that i saw in him and how he was like helping other men who like you know yeah. and he still does like he leads a small group for men's purity now and yeah. um we just feel like a deep calling for helping other marriages and so yeah there was a lot of like um, things that made me want to buy back into the marriage. Like yeah. this could be, this could be really good. This could mm -hmm. be, this God could really use this mm -hmm. um, to do some really cool things. And so, um, yeah, so it wasn't like a clear, it was just yeah. like a piece about it. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, and I, I, I don't even want to say that because like, we, we as Christians say that a lot. Like, and yeah. I, I don't even know if I had like this deep peace. It was just like, listen, I'm spending a lot of time with God and yeah. I like, like listening to him and yeah. want to do will. And like, you know, this is like, had it not been his will, like, I think there would have been some like clearer things yeah. pointing me to the other direction. You totally. Know? I, can I say that I kind of love that it's like, you didn't have that burning bush moment. I mean, do I wish for you that you had gotten it? Absolutely. And I think yeah. that like anybody who's ever been through anything has prayed that like, God, I want to hear your actual voice. Like I want yeah. to hear a booming voice that is obviously God. And I want you to tell me what the answer is to this. Right. Like everyone has had that moment. Right? right. But the fact that you have been through this trial that a lot of people listening have probably not been through, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't, but the fact that no, you didn't have that burning bush moment. You didn't audibly hear God's voice, but he made himself known to you in other ways. You know what I mean? Like, and it was, it, he brought people into your life to speak wisdom into you. He, you know, he did things in Rob's life that could, were undeniable. You know, anybody right. who knew Rob could tell that there was a difference in him. Right. He was different, you know, he was changing. And, um, I mean, I just think it's incredible. And so then you guys reconciled. When was the day that you renewed your vows? Ooh, am I supposed to know that? Date? Oh, no, I don't know. I, I have no idea. If you don't know, Probably. I don't care. I know it was, maybe, I think it was August, 2017. Okay. I remember you guys did it on like the beach, right? It yeah. was like a little. Yeah. Just with like our marriage counselor and our pastor and his wife. It was like really small. That's so nice. So. What do you say to somebody who would be like, I could never do that. You know, like I could never take my husband back if he was unfaithful. Yeah. Um, I, I never like, never tell people that 
their story has to look like mine. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm not like, like, do I believe that God can heal any marriage? Yes. Do I believe that God is a God of redemption and reconciliation? And that's what he desires. Yes. Um, but like my circumstance is very different than like everybody's journey is different. And yeah. like, you know, had, had Rob not changed, I wouldn't right. have had he not desired to change and had he not changed, like we, I, I would have gotten a divorce. Of course. You know? Yeah. Say, like, I can't, I can't, you know, I think there's some people who are just like divorce is never an, on the table. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't think that that's true. Like, I don't think that that's like, you know, reasonable. I agree with that. I agree with that. Like, I, I, I agree with you. I think it is unreasonable to say like, divorce is never ever ever an option because it's like obviously there are situations where it should be your option right you know what I mean but uh um and and I love that it could like I had grounds for divorce so yeah you know like how God wired me like is different than how God wires other people so like you know what I like I think he he's healed a lot of the broken parts of this mm-hmm. in me. Um, and, but like, had I walked through this with someone else prior and had some baggage from that, like yep. who knows, like all, like God's story in different people's lives is completely different. So absolutely. Um, what I would say to someone is just like, I do think that you, you have to give it time yeah. for, for God to speak to you mm-hmm. and just, um, because I think that's such a gift. Like, I think that that's like where you don't want to make a rash, rash decision. You don't want to make yeah. a decision out of emotions or, mm-hmm. you know, um, anything like that. So, so I think like giving it some time and yeah. really like, you know, counsel yep. and, and just like personally, like, like diving into the word and what, you know, what God's teaching you, mm-hmm. you know, and what, like what he's showing you personally, you know, about your own sin, your own self, like, um, is more, is really valuable during that time Mm -hmm. to help you make that decision. Absolutely. I think that that, that advice is phenomenal. Just that the fact that every situation is different, right? Like if a girl came to you right now and said, like, I'm in the same situation as you, even if it looks similar, the fact of the matter is like, she's different than you and Rob's Mm -hmm. different than her husband and Mm -hmm. circumstances are different. Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, no one could make a blanket statement about like what you should do no matter what. But I do think that taking time to make your decision is the best piece of advice that you can give and, you know, seeking out counsel and things like that, because I do think that that was just like so wise of you and mature to say, I'm not going to hastily make a decision. I'm going to take a beat and, you know, let the dust settle, you know? And, and I think that yeah. that was the best thing that you did <laughs> in the whole thing, you know? Yeah, probably. And like God heals. So like yeah. in, in the moment you feel like you'll, you, you can never trust someone again. And you feel yeah. like, you're, um, like, like how dare someone do this? To, mm-hmm. Like you're so hurt in it. Yeah. Um, uh, that I feel like it's hard to, in that moment, not want to like, um, protect yourself mm-hmm. and that yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Um, but like, it's like, it's amazing what God can do in a heart. So yeah. like, don't limit God to mm-hmm. be like, he can't, like, he can't, he can't ever make me able to trust him again. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, like totally. God, God's bigger than that. Like God's bigger yeah. than your own your own feelings of what you can or cannot do yeah. or what you're able to or not able to do. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So how long ago was that that you reconciled? How many years ago? I mean, I want to say so 2015. Maybe like four years. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. That sounds right. And now you guys have a beautiful two-year-old little girl and yeah. she is, she's like an angel. Like she has blonde hair and blue eyes like you, mm-hmm. even though, so she has your coloring, the blonde hair, blue eyes, but she really looks like Rob. I mean, Rob has blue eyes too, but he's not blonde. Yeah. He, yeah. 
yeah she's she was like especially in the beginning she was like a miniature little rob um yeah not as much now you're right i feel like as a baby baby it was like oh my gosh this is rob as a female and now she's looking more like you her hair is beyond i mean she has these little blonde ringlets like you can't even you can't style it like that's I just i think it's her baby hair and when i cut oh, it i think don't it's ever go just don't cut it but i'm praying against that so you i'm praying pray. that god can do anything folks well, i just said that yeah so god will keep her little ringlets um in place um for her mama they're so she's cute like, she's god's gift to me she's just like so fun and like such, such a sass Ugh. like like she's just she's just like all my friends are like oh my child is like a disaster and i'm like mm, mm. uh because i can't say like i know she's, she's a good little girl so she's so good she was a good baby she's a good toddler she's mm-hmm. a good little girl she was such a gift to you and yeah. she's so precious yeah oh. god's good you know god's yeah. good and yeah and life is good i mean we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Are you, so you're a teacher. Are you teaching online or are you teaching in school? I'm back. I'm in school. Me too. Do you hate it? It, There's parts that I hate because it's like, it's like, it's hard doing, because you still like have to, so all my kids are back, but like you kind of have to still be virtual because kids go out for exposure. All the time, constantly. So it's like, even though we're back, we're not really back. So it's like totally. doing job of like seven people. I feel like my head's always spinning and a hundred percent. That's feels- what I've been saying all year. Like we've been back and I've been saying like, I don't think virtual school is good. I'm not like an mm-hmm. advocate for that. However, being in school, the, the struggle with that is that you're not really in school. You're half right? Because it's like some of the kids are virtual and some of the kids are in. So exactly like what you said, even though I feel like everybody agrees, it's better for the kids to be in school, getting in-person instruction. It just is very draining to be, okay, well, these kids are in, but a few kids are out. So I have to do this for them. And it's like, it's very easy to lose track of stuff. And honestly, like think about it, like I'm literally living like my worst fears, like being filmed all day, every day, you know? And like, (laughs) right like like this is like my worst fear like when did I sign up for this and like and not only that like you're being observed every day by these parents by the parents like what world like you are you are so right like when I'm right I feel like you're and like when you're being observed like listen like I'm I don't do anything wrong but like when you feel like you're being observed there's like this angst in you right and that's takes energy out of you. And so like, you feel so drained by the end of the day because you have that like built up, like, totally, you know, absolutely. It's so awkward. Like if you're zooming with a student and they're acting like a freak, like turning their camera on and off and on and off, or the dog is on their lap or their baby sister or whatever. It's very uncomfortable as a teacher. Like, what are you going to say? Can you please get your baby sister out of the room? You feel weird saying that because like, what if mom is two inches away and she like gets offended by that? Like, it's a very odd thing. We were talking about that at work, how we were like, I signed up to like work with kids, not like parent all of their siblings and deal with their parent. Like, it's like a strange line. You know what I mean? Like, you're just not really sure. It's definitely interesting, but- you know what? We've been healthy. Praise God. So yes. we'll see. What shows are you into right now? Anything? Anything good? Man, what did we just end? That was good. Oh, I watched The Queen's Gambit. Did you watch that? You are the second person that I've interviewed this week that has said that. I obviously, this is a sign. I need to watch it. That's the the chess one on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I was like, chess, you yeah, know, yeah. like not my thing, but like I was really riveting. It was really good. Like Scott and I would like it together. Yes. Yeah. So that's the problem. Like finding a show that both of you. (sighs) Do you struggle with that? Um, yeah. We struggle deeply. Like to the point where I'm like, Scott, this is the biggest problem in our marriage that we can't find shows that we like to watch together. So when we do find one that we both like, I feel like Scott, we can binge this show together. Like we're so connected (laughs) because it's very hard for us to find movies and shows that we both like. I know. What have you seen? Anything good? We both like The Crown. So we actually just finished the most recent episode of The Crown together. We also watched Alone. Have you seen that? 
I mean, it's a movie. No, it's um a show. It's on Netflix. I actually think it might be on Hulu as well. But I mean, it's absurd. It's like these people go out into like the literal wilderness with nothing and oh. they see who can like survive the longest. Rob, and- Rob watches that. Yeah, I don't, oh. it doesn't what do is- anything for me. Okay, so Scott, that's like his dream in life. Like okay. Scott is like, you know, from Colorado. He's like a man of the mountains. Like he's like, yeah. this is phenomenal. Yeah. I kind of somehow got into it almost just like watching a car wreck you know what I yeah, mean like you're like I can't really look away because this is so crazy and like some of the people are odd to put it lightly yeah so it's yeah. it's like decent tv does it so remind you does it remind you of oh, our novice trip absolutely I'm like oh I, I did this I did this for a week I mean I, I have my cell phone but NBD <laughs> Yeah, like I um I basically lived this for a week and so I would have I would have won this for I'm, sure. Yeah, I mean, hello. I think yeah. they win. I want to say they win if they last longest like half a million dollars. And I'm like, I got news for you. That's not enough. No. And I'm no. not like sticking my nose up at half a million dollars. Would I love half a million dollars? <laughs> yes, I would. But I would not love to almost die in the wild for it. No, no. And the repercussions, like I'm still like not over in the Navajo trip, you know? No. So like, you we're know, scarred. Wish that like that the therapy that they'll need, you oh. know? It, it'll yeah. just flush right down the drain. And some of them genuinely do have like long-term uh, medical like issues from starving to death slowly for like 60 days that can't be good yeah so not ideal not ideal but hey good for them for entertaining us and Mm. letting us watch them on tv well amanda thank you so much for sharing with us for being open with us i think that your story is incredible i think that it's going to touch a lot of people and encourage a lot of people and we just love you and appreciate you sharing yeah happy to be here And and happy to see your face yes i love seeing you All right, well, go handle your life. I love you. All right, I love you too. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe right now before you go. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. (laughs) Check us out next week for our next episode. You can catch So What Else anywhere you get your podcasts or at CaitlinElliott.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Artwork by Caroline Chicola and editing and everything else by Scott Elliott. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.